Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different than maybe some of the previous episodes that I've had. And the reason being is I try to do all these other episodes on content that's kind of uh, not on a timeline. It's not real news. It's not. It's something that you can go back and listen to and kind of no matter when you listen to it, uh, it's going to be relevant. And, and this is still going to be relevant. There's still going to be some great information, but I'm going to be talking a little bit more on some news that has come up and uh, some of the topics that we can kind of run from that. And the big topic that I wanted to talk about today was uh, banking insurance. That's a big topic right now on the news, uh, whether you're talking about the Silicon Valley Bank or the Swiss Bank. Uh, there's a couple of different banks that are kind of running into some issues and troubles uh, is looking at closure. So I wanted to go over the different insurance coverages that your bank account may have and the the risk that you may take or may not be taking when it comes to your banking needs. So let's dive into it. So you may have heard on the news that there are some banks that have had some issues uh, like the Silicon Valley Bank or the Swiss Bank, uh, and there's some other banks that are continuing to have some issues as well. And I think you have to understand uh, what the issues were to understand what went wrong and then to look at your own financial picture to see if there's going to be any issues, and, and most likely there isn't. So the big issue with the Silicon Valley Bank and the Swiss Bank is that their customers were a little bit different than the average uh, mom and pop that we have here in in Michigan. These were venture capitalists. They were tech startups or tech companies. And during COVID or uh, preceding COVID or during COVID, these companies were flush with cash. Uh, The reason being is that they were doing really well. People had all this stimulus money. They were buying uh, some of these products that were pretty cheap at the time. They were making really good money. And so what these companies were doing is then taking that cash and putting it into their banks uh, that were local to them, that being the Silicon Valley Bank. After they've received these deposits, now they've run into a rough patch where in 2022 was a bad year in the market, especially when it came to tech companies. And if you've watch the news or if you've you know got online you would have seen massive layoffs between Microsoft, Facebook, Google, uh, a lot of these big uh, name tech companies. And so a lot of these tech companies are running into issues where now they're having to go back to the cash reserves that they had at their bank. And the biggest issue that they were running into or that they're running into now is that these deposits were over and above what is called the FDIC insurance. And I'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but that was one of the biggest issues. And then one of the big issues that those banks had is it was really a perfect storm. And I think Warren Buffett has a great quote. And it goes, it's only when the tide goes out that you learn who's swimming naked. And I think that is a perfect analogy of, of what the situation is, is these companies were, in a, in a way, having some financial issues. But when things get really tough, that's when uh, something like this can strike. And it was really a perfect storm. They weren't really doing anything necessarily wrong as a bank. Uh, It wasn't like that they were funneling money to some foreign country or some Bitcoin or some cryptocurrency. It wasn't like that. Uh, There were some things that they did wrong when it came to the accounting measures. And then they really ran into like a liquidity and interest rate issue. So one of the big issues that they had 
being a regional bank is that they were using what's called market-to-market accounting. And it's different than historical accounting. Basically, what they're doing is they're pricing the securities as they are today. And the issue was, is when they were getting these deposits, they were going out and buying U.S. treasuries. And they're usually buying long-term treasuries. And at that time, interest rates were near record lows. And with bonds, when interest rates go up, prices go down. That's exactly what happened. They bought these treasury bonds, the interest rates went up, and then their price went down. And so when they, these depositors and these tech companies needed the money, they had to cash in on these treasuries, and they were losing boatloads of money. And so that is really where their issue came into play. It was exacerbated by the interest rates and that increased at a rapid rate compared to years past, and it actually increased at the, the highest rate that we've really ever seen. We're not at the highest interest rates that we've ever seen. I think that's a misconception that some people have. It just increased at one of the highest rates. It's kind of a perfect storm for some of these companies. Maybe they were having issues beforehand, uh, but the big issue was the accounting issue and then also what happened with the interest rates. Now, again, the big issue that a lot of these depositors were having is that their deposits were over and above the FDIC insurance. And so to understand what FDIC is, you have to know what it is. And the FDIC stands for Federal Deposit Insurance Company. And it started back in 1933, and it was after basically all the bank uh, issues that they had back in the Great Depression. And it was basically started so that way these depositors would never lose a penny. After they created it in 1933, it just became an essential part of the American financial system. And what happened is since the FDIC insurance began in 1934, no depositor has lost a single penny of insurance funds due to bank failure. And that's something that's been in place since it's been started. And so it's super important to know what that is. But then there's also another part to the FDIC, and that's basically what's called the deposit insurance fund. Every single bank that's a part of the FDIC coverage has to pay their dues and parts into this, this fund. And basically, that's what, in turn, will insure these deposits. And the FDIC does two things. They insure the deposits that they have within that, that bank. And then they also, once that bank has issues, they turn around and they figure out a place to put these customers uh, and help them find a different institution to take that those assets. And so that's something you're seeing right now. And today, the news is that these different companies are getting bought out. And the coverage for the FDIC insurance is $250,000 per person per bank. And so for a lot of these people who were the average customer were not like your average person here in our banks in Southwest Michigan. They had a surplus of money. That's where the bank ran into issues. Any money that was over and above the $250,000 deposit, that's where basically they were running into the issue of, is that money insured or not? And in their case, it wasn't. And that's where they ran into some severe issues. And that's where the Federal Reserve slash federal government has stepped in and started to uh, help out those deposits uh, since then. Now, the $250,000 uh, deposit insurance is also per person. So if you are married, that becomes $500,000. And then, again, that's per bank. So you can diversify through other banks and continue to get that FDIC insurance as well. So, again, that's for... FDIC insurance. There's also what's called the NCUA. That's a National Credit Union Administration. That was created in the 1970s basically to protect credit unions. 
and, and their deposits. And so it kind of works in the same way. It's just there are two different agencies uh, that secure the deposits of, of their credit union or bank. To know if you are covered by one of these, the NCUA or the FDIC, is when you walk into your bank or credit union, there should be some kind of a plaque at the teller window or when you walk in that lets you know that these uh, deposits are secured. So again, and, and, and really the deposits are the same for the NCUA or the FDIC insurance. It's 250000 per person, per bank. And then if you are married, it is 500000 for a joint account. And if you're ever wondering if your deposits are are secured or if you are over the limits, you can uh, look at some different calculators. I'll include that in the bio of this podcast. Uh, you can look at what's called eddie.fdic or mycreditunion.gov slash insurance estimator. And basically you can go through and calculate if you are over and above your insurance limit. It's really important to know this and why I wanted to to go over this because most of the people that are probably listening to this podcast aren't falling into that category of having more than $250,000 at a bank and being over that insurance coverage. But there's also some other things that I've been run into with a lot of, uh, let's say, millennials that they're buying cryptocurrencies and some other unregulated assets that is not covered by FDIC insurance. And so to call it a currency, that's a complete discussion in itself. And if you want to discuss that, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it. But that is not covered under FDIC or the NCUA. And so that's, I think that's super important to know. So if you are using that as a secure savings, I would not encourage that. So again, just as a summary, if you are under the $250,000 limit, you're fine. Basically, you're going to be covered when it comes to uh, your deposits and then over and above that, most of the local and regional credit unions and banks are doing just fine. They're financially secure. They have great deposits. They have great solvency ratios. Like I said before, that Warren Buffett quote, it's only when the tide goes out that you learn who's swimming naked. And this is this exact situation where things got tough and we found out what banks were swimming naked. If you have any questions, of course, reach out. This is a little bit shorter podcast than normal, but it was something that I felt like I needed to speak on and, and give my uh, two cents. So again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Again, our number here at the Portage office is 269-978-6000, or you can email me or reach out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn. All right, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.